Praise God, everybody. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful week of greater glory of following the Holy Spirit into all truth. We thank you for the truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And we're coming to the Father through you. Amen. A festival and celebration of overcomers who've learned how to rise on sapphire stones, learning a higher teaching that comes from angels as it is written. Men ate the bread of angels. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Zechariah said, And the angel said to me, And the angel said to me, The angel said to me, Isn't that nice? When an angel shows up, you test every angel, test every spirit. Should the appearance of Jesus Christ, the Master Himself, appear to you, you test every spirit. And if you feel a hesitation on the inside, question it. Why is it that you hesitate to test? This magnificent looking, wonderful experience could be the most dramatic, most spiritual thing you've experienced in your life. And for the chance for that to be an encounter with an angel of light that deceives? Are we worried about what that says about us? The need for self-validation is the very reason you're not going to the next level. The need for an experience to show to men, to show to others, to validate the self. So test every spirit. Become a master of testing every spirit. May you look forward to the day you can test an angel of light that deceives and not be deceived. And may you look forward even more to the day you see Christ himself and you say to him, confess to me that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and see how he responds, see how the angels respond. There's a good servant. There's a warrior who knows how to test the spirit, who obeys my word. Amen. What it really does is it deals with a lot of the pride too. Because <laughs> we think, oh, I'm always experiencing God, and oh man, I'm I'm in right standing with God. I'm not sinning, and I'm doing the best I can. Here's the issue: man is fallen, so you're mainly fallen under fallen angels. Okay, and we want to say, oh no, it's all God, and it's all heaven after I'm born again. It's absolutely not true. After you're born again, you learn how to be a soldier, the Apostle Paul taught. You learn how to take up the sword of the Spirit. You know, if it was just all heaven after you're born again, you wouldn't need a sword. What's the temptation once you get around the charismatic stuff is put your swords down. We've already overcome. We're already perfect. We've already 
become like Jesus, we're Christ-like, and we have the divine nature. And it's it's true, you have it, and it's working in you, and it's growing in you. The issue is, you have terrible enemies that most people are still losing to by the elevation that they're under them. That's why when you rise, do you have to test more than ever before. Because you're confronting the stuff that has kept humanity, civilization, under its wings. If almost everyone that you've ever met or ever learned from, whether online or in person, has not yet even overcome those ones that are down on the earth, how do you expect anything they've ever taught you to help you in combat, in the higher things, in the second heavens, over the earth? It's madness. So if you're eating old food, moldy bread, from leaders who aren't leading into the conquering of the second heaven, so the kingdom age, what Christ is doing now on the earth, and those same leaders have not even overcome Jezebel's tower to rise off of the earth. How is it that you expect that what they've taught you this far will even help you? That's why the biggest hindrance to rising and maintaining elevations is what you've already been taught, what you've already known. Even as you rise into higher levels, the very first thing you learn to look at is all right, what do I have established already within me that's holding me back? What is the, what, where is the belief system? Where is the deception? What is it? What is that appearance of good, appearance of perfection that's keeping me from going to the next rung? And so you learn the ways of God, how he tempers you, so that you learn not to go to the left, not to the right, but you stay in that straight and narrow path and by doing so, you waste less time. One of the things you have to get over very quickly is as you're rising in the very beginning, you may notice that you might have a difficulty in standing in that first elevation and maintaining or going up and going down. One of the biggest distractions is the panic or the anxiety, whether it's life decisions or things going on in the second heavens, in your elevations. Especially once you've reached something and you haven't been able to maintain that elevation. The, the trick of the enemy is to get you to look at the past and say, Oh, I remember when I was standing there so secure. I felt like I had it or I, I, was, I was so close. You know, why did I let this and that happen? You have to let it go. Today's a brand new day, so receive fresh grace to invigorate your spirit. Fresh bread from heaven. Wine and milk, bread and honey. Wine and milk, bread and honey, gold and silver. Wisdom and understanding. How do you get it? Treasure it. In the book of Proverbs, you treasure that wisdom, and then you'll get it. You search for it like someone on the earth would search for money. And you'll find it. And yes, I see you, the angels flashing gold in front of the camera. 
see? That judgment of the Lord, his gold, his judgments are good. Understand that those things that were in you, that didn't allow you to rise or maybe kept you from maintaining a position, those judgments of the Lord by his word are good. And it's not God that has to change. And if the principalities and powers have been disarmed, I doubt we can even blame them. <laughs> it's always us. Now, instead of going to panic mode and freaking out, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. how, why, oh, the best thing you can do is immediately calm down. Be calm, be humble, remind yourself this daily. When the pressure comes, stay calm, stay humble. And make a wise decision. Pray for the wise decision. And just breathe in. Breath of life. And ask and trust that as you ask, you will receive. You ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. I will find wisdom. I will treasure it above gemstones, above rubies, above gold dust, above money, above what people think of me. Above what I think of myself. And then you take that step into that place of prayer. And let the spirit of prayer kindle that fire within you. And you will receive the instruction. And the Lord always confirms his word. He confirms his word. And bam, there it is. You have the word of God and the confirmation of his word by his holy angels, by his holy spirit, by God, the father, the son, and the holy spirit. And now you have received instruction for your next step. And then you take that step of faith, believing that you've received the word of God. And you take back that which the enemy has stolen. Until as David recovered all, all for you, for your family, and for the tribes, for the people of God, until everything that Jesus Christ paid for with his own blood has been brought back to the people of God in truth, in justice and righteousness to firmly establish the foundations of his throne in the second heavens to enact the will of God our Father and carry it out while in the body So, the whole mission, if you read the epistle of Peter, is that the believers begin to conquer the second heavens to bring forth the new heavens, like we've established. You don't need a new third heavens. That's already been perfect, and it, there's never been a problem there. The only heavens that need to be made new are the second heavens, and they're made new by us going there and becoming the temples of the Holy Spirit and outpouring the Holy Spirit from within us in those realms they're called angelic realms and it's not just bad angels the bible tells you there'd be one third in those dimensions of bad angels two thirds that are not bad angels the dragon only swept one third of the stars it is written so even in the second heavens those same sovereign angelic spheres 
and realms and portals, two-thirds are for the holy angels, and it's going to be all holy angels when we establish the kingdom on those realms. And some people call them rings, rungs, they're realms. The Bible calls them angelic spheres. Revelation 5.10, you'll rule with the Lamb of God over the earth from the heavenly angelic spheres. They're spherical. Because what it is, is canopies and domes of Isaiah chapter 4, and every city below has a corresponding city above. If it's established below, it only maintains its existence on the theater of the earth if it's above. Now you need this principle, it's the principle of mysticism. Mm -hmm. That nothing can be established below unless it's established above. So salvation is established below because you're born in heaven above. Now you grow in both realms. You grow in the below realm, the new earth. So your new creature brings forth an above, a new heavens, and a below, a new earth, constantly. Until it corresponds to your cities, then you have a new heavens and a new earth at a city level. Now the reason why it says heavenly Jerusalem, it's to establish that that is the king's city. That's where the Lord was crucified, Jerusalem. That's the city of his glory. That's the city of his kingdom. Now, you're not in Jerusalem. You're in Minneapolis. You're in New York. You're in L.A. You're in Miami. You're in the USA. You're in some other city. I don't think we have anybody watching from Jerusalem. So are you really in Jerusalem? It's for wisdom that you understand the principle of below and above. Right now, those sitting in this room are in the above Minneapolis. Now, what the enemy has done is they've built the above world through something called sorcery. In modern times, they've hidden it behind a Christian fraternity, fraternity called Freemasonry, which is building in the above world with those one-third of the angels that fell and enslaving the below world so that they're completely devoid of understanding of the existence of a human being. To be in existence as a person or a being is to be above and below. So you'll find that each and every one of them is incarcerated above. And that's what makes those realms black. That's why you have a black Saturn, and Saturn's one of the main symbols in all the modern cities of the world of the sorcerers. There's Saturn's cube. They have like 14 different statues, some of them the size of 25 feet wide, in over 14 cities, out in their public squares in the world, the sorcerers are flaunting their imprisonment of the human being in the public square. And still the people, because they're ensnared, enslaved, in the cosmic realm, in the above realm, there's absolutely nothing, I'm telling you, nothing you can do about it. Egyptian sorcery is unbreakable unless you are in the one true God, yad he who is Jesus Christ. yad he is Jesus Christ, and unless you're in Him and you're cosmic and you have an understanding, like Daniel 12.3 of the above realm, there's no chance of freeing and helping civilization. They'll be under the imprisonment of the fallen angels until there's new heavens. I have the Bible verse here for you. Matthew 18, 18, or some of you may have noticed, 1, 8, 1, 8. 
popping up. This is in the literal, the literal standard version. So this is literally what the Bible says. Truly I say to you, whatever things you may bind on the earth will be having been bound in the heavens. And whatever things you may loose on the earth will be having been loosed in the heavens. You see, some of these scriptures have been interpreted backwards through Greek philosophy, Greek mindset. But what do we know from the, from the study of Jewish thought, mindset, and the wisdom of the Old Testament is that the Greek understanding of spiritual things is the closest shell of the false sapphire stones or false revelation to the actual light. The way they describe it, the Jewish wise men, like the ones who visited Jesus, the wise men, how they would describe that appearance is it has a, a radiant brightness, but it is from the other side, from the demonic. It absorbs and emits that light. So it's those very interpretations of the word of God through Greek mindsets, Greek understanding, and those thought processes, which if you have been raised in most any first world country, and even in other countries, you're going to have been raised with that type of thinking and understanding, but it's far from the wisdom, the ancient wisdom that was taught by Moses, that was taught by Elijah, that was taught by Samuel, that was taught by Noah, that was taught by Enoch. And it's always been in that teaching, in that way, in that understanding of the name of the Lord in his name, his word, his understanding. It's a greater wisdom. But if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, we can go in and look to see what's being spoken. So what does that mean? It's exactly what Brandon just told you. It must be first bound or loosed in the heavens. And then, whatever you do on the earth, that's how it's going to be. Amen. Matthew 18, 18. And so, the strongholds are in the mind that correspond with the heavenly realms. Because man was created completely like God, bearing God's image is more than just a human being that looks like God. That's not even close to a creation. What creation was, was who God is inside a vessel that was made out of the universe. So, creation involved all the stars. And if you study the history of the Bible, there's only seven stars. There's millions and billions inside those seven, but there's only seven, and that's what represents the menorah. So it's only, you know, so you understand that the right hand of Jesus Christ carries seven stars. It says, all available light. All available light is in Jesus. What the craziest thing I've discovered on this mystical journey is that Christ filled the universe with his spirit. That's what the Bible says in Colossians, that Jesus Christ filled the heavens already with all of his grace. That is what the sorcerers of this civilization are using all that cosmic grace, the celestial graces. They filled the heavens already. That's what the Bible says. Now, the ones that are brought up there by 
fallen angels. And because Christians are so mature and they're choosing a inheritance in the earthly, they have forfeit their birthright in the heavenly. Now this is why the sorcerers are in all the politics, all the economics, the educational system, the pharmaceutical systems, all the systems of this world. And it's not just seven mountains, it's really twelve mountains. It's a government of the rulership of existence in this world that the fallen angels are very aware of what God has given man. The born-again believer is very ignorant of what God has given the new creature in Christ. We are very, very ignorant, but the fallen angels are not because that's why they fell. They became fallen because they want what you have in Christ, and if you are settling for the earthly, they have obtained it. They are successful, and they're glad that they're fallen because they have everything that belongs to you. That's why you can say, bind it on the earth, we bind it on the earth, it's bound on the heavens, bound... And it doesn't work, at least not on a large scale, unless someone knows how to pray and open the heavens and bring something down. There, are, Those are few and far between. We have one of those on our team. But until then, it's going to be binding, 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 trying to bind, and nothing overall in the individual life really breaks through or truly changes. Ephesians 1.20 All this energy issues from Christ. No, you gotta have the principle of the red letters. New Torah, the Torah of grace. Acts 20.32 says, By the word of grace you are sanctified to receive the inheritance of those that are raised from the dead. If you read what it says, the word of grace there, it means Torah of grace, which means the teachings of Jesus, the word of God. Okay. So, this is what has filled the heavens. What has filled the heavens is all the benefits of the new covenant. What we filled ourselves with, which is a lot of religious junk of do's and don'ts and beat yourself up Christianity, rules and regulations that it has nothing to do with the celestial realm that's filled with the finished works of Christ. So we're getting majorly ripped off and our job is to expose all that and to teach on that so how you can get your inheritance in the heavenly realms. Okay? Ephesians 1.20 All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven. In charge of running what? The universe, everything from galaxies, Ephesians 1.20, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body, in which... He speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. When the church takes the center stage, it's because we've taken out our invisible enemies. It's the invisible enemies that are making the church seem irrelevant. I've posted on these science pages on Facebook, and the mockery towards the Word of God honestly astonishes me. The mockery towards, you know, Methuselah, 969 years, Adam, 970 years, all these pictures of the oldest person who ever lived is this Chinese person 
who lived on the dirt floor who's 129 years old. It's not even close to true. But then when you start to quote the Bible, what my reaction that I received astonished me. And I don't know why it should, but the animosity towards the Word of God. So the reason why there's such a reaction towards even how awesome real creation is, that, guys, if you, if you read the body, study the Christian, even the forefathers of these unbelievers live 500 years. You know, even Cain's living 800 years. So, I mean, it, it's like, they don't, when they're so dead, they don't even know the inheritance of death. So they don't have any of that either. It's just like they've been ripped off of every single realm of existence in this life by devils. You know, at least the sorcerer gets the inheritance of the fallen angel. The dog doesn't get anything. Just gets the slavery. And it's crazy to me how many sinners, which the Bible calls dogs, because it's a state of being controlled like a golem under someone, someone who's stealing celestial grace and doesn't even want it and is totally content with their lot in life as a dog. It's astonishing how many millions and tens of millions live like that and they're all over they're all over their voice is the voice of the imprisonment of already being in hell that's what i've learned they're literally incarcerated in hell and they've accepted it and there's no escape i mean these aren't people seeking jesus their salvation so they irrit they they uh they speak irriterate what's the word irriterate they <laughs> reiterate they reiterate their imprisonment I'm pretty whacked up here yeah the glory is really strong celestial grace some of a few of you watching might understand <laughs> this now you might even be going to Joel's bar for years or watching online for years and you get some of you walk in some you know some toasty sauce toasty we respect sauce that. ministries we respect that but I have to say Oh yeah, here it goes. I am. It's witchcraft. That's why. There you go. Mm. But um, I just heard him. Yeah. But so there's a lot of things going on. But when you turn on the camera to record, or you're especially to go live and broadcast the glory, it is such a difference. The difference between just sitting over here in the front row splash zone where the cat usually hangs out. She was there a minute ago. That and just being here and speaking there's there's a grace that comes through it's very strong now we're used to it because we do this a lot but it's still it's always increasing so you'll have that going glory to glory and part of that going glory to glory is that meltdown in the mind in the heart and for a time as that grace increases, it may very well overwhelm your senses, which is nice. And we have the, you know, lovely witchcraft prayers screeching in from who knows where. How are you? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's wonderful. The hearts of hell are praying, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Actually, yeah, there's a, there's a move right now. Uh, a lot of the enemies of God are fasting and praying this season. So I find that interesting. So if the Lord has it on your heart to have a day or two here or there, if you felt like that's been coming up lately and you're not sure, if that was you, 
just wishful thinking or if that was really a word from God. That was probably, if you heard that in this week or the last week or so, that's probably an accurate word from God and you should do maybe one, maybe two. I wouldn't do any more um, at this level than really two days of fasting unless you have a specific word from God other than that. So yeah, it's a pretty intense battle, but I'm I'm telling you now, because of who Jesus is inside you, you will win. If you lean on Jesus in you, it don't matter what's on the outside. The biggest demon in hell, you could have <clears throat> hundred million demons opposing you. They can't touch Jesus. It's written. Christ cannot be killed a second time. He has defeated all of them. The thing is, is we're not in union with him, with our soul, with our bodily organs, sometimes with our bones and marrow, with our DNA. So we need so much grace to stay protected, to stay blessed, to, you know, and all these realms exist that are prepared for us. And so what we need is to be led into the heavens and to begin to discover how Jesus has filled the heavens with grace. Colossians 2.8 See to it that no one carries you off with spoil or makes you yourselves captive by so-called philosophy and intellectualism, intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense, following human tradition, men's ideas of the material world rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ. And our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. Colossians 2.10 He is the head of every kingdom and the authority in the universe. I want to just read this Colossians to you. Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of rules. No, You've, you're already in. Insiders, you're already in. Insiders, not through some secretive initiation rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you. Destroying the power of sin. If it's an initiation ritual you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God is raising you from the dead right now, as he did with Christ. Colossians 2.11 message. God is raising you from the dead right now. When you are stuck in your old, thin, dead life, which is, which is self, which is self. Now, I want to teach on blindness for a little bit. That's going to be fun. Blindness is simply the sin of pride, but what it is is a person in a state that they can't see through their soul, which is something you need to do, or outside of their soul. Blindness is when you can't see through your soul or outside your soul, and there's one reason, because your soul is completely full of sin. Truth in it, I don't care how born again you think you are. If you can't see through your soul or outside your soul, your soul is filled with sin. Sin produces self-consciousness. So your sins are not forgiven. Now we need to focus on the forgiveness of your sins, which is your spirit man 
being able to see oh. through your soul oh. and your spirit man seeing outside your soul. Until you can see through your soul and outside your soul, you've never used your eyes before and you've always been blind. Oh, yes. So when the blind lead the blind, it's the egotistical leading the egotistical, the prideful leading the prideful, the blind are leading the blind through a people whose spirits are in concert in incarcerated inside their soul and the soul is filled with sin okay sin is blindness okay sin stops up the ears it sin is deafness sin is all the senses locked up in you and jesus has not liberated you in your senses from your sins so what we have is oftentimes a lot of theology and doctrine and belief systems about ourselves, and we study the Bible. We often study the Bible and we put it into the sinful nature. Yes. Studying the Bible for the sinful nature is common. That's what most people do. Why? Because the study in the spirit actually takes faith. Amen. Okay. Smith Wigglesworth says, I don't read the Bible in Hebrew or Greek. I read it in the Holy, Holy spirit, spirit who wrote it. So the Holy Spirit will teach you how Thanks, to read the Word and get out of studying the things of God in the sinful nature. This is why people don't like to read the Bible or it's boring or it's dull or it's just it's painful and it's so hard and all this stuff. Why? Because you're reading it using a nature mm. that is destroyed by what you're reading. The dead nature only receives a dead letter. Why do you think there's so much beat yourself up Christianity everywhere? Because the sinful nature is not only to be beaten up by the word, it is to be completely terminated, slaughtered like an animal sacrifice. So until you're in your Holy Spirit Christ nature, the word is your enemy. The sacrificial dagger is for your destruction. This is why you read the Bible and it's like it's painful because you're being destroyed by it. Because that's what it's meant to do. That's the function of the Word. It's a sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, sent to destroy sin. Sanctification comes from the Word destroying sin. So the sin is only destroyed when? When the Gospel is heard. Why? Because the Word came in and destroyed sin, and it was able. the Word was able to get into your spirit, and get you get you saved, get you born again. Now continue to eat the word that destroys the sinful nature, and don't try to apply the things of God to the rest of it that remained, and you'll go from glory to glory. Mm. Not your own glory, a stolen glory, fallen angel, Lucifer glory, but the glory of Jesus, the glory he earned through his works. You don't have a separate glory. That's insanity. You don't have a separate kingdom. You get a portion of his inheritance through grace. So Christians are out here trying to earn their own glory, their own salvation, their own breakthrough, apart from the man Christ Jesus. And that's mm -hmm. why they get so deep in the occult. Mm -hmm. Because only the occult will offer you anything other than Jesus. So if we preach anything other than Christ crucified, let us be accursed. If they preach anything other than Christ crucified, let them be terminated and destroyed into hell, it is written. Amen. Why? Because what they're doing is they're yoking you to the occult, to witchcraft and sorcery, mm -hmm. 
and demons of Christian religion. Now you need to understand there are millions. This is not a minor aspect of the kingdom of hell. This is the main one. The main one is to take the inheritance of the covenant people, like you read in the Old Testament. What did everyone want to do around Israel? Take all of their inheritance. They wanted their land. They wanted the promised land. They wanted the fruit trees. They wanted their flocks, their herds. They wanted their posterity. What they really wanted was the temple articles. All the kings would take the golden cups from the temple and they bring them into their palaces and drink out of them. The ark. They wanted the ark. They wanted the blessings of God without, without the relationship God. of God, which is the, exactly what the horror Babylon is today. And 99% mm -hmm. of what this Christianity out here in this Laodicean age mm -hmm. is. It's we want God without the responsibility being transformed into perfect obedience like the angels of God. So that, you know, people hear stuff like this and they're opposed to it as if this is fringe and crazy when this is the standard of staying saved of all time. Okay? Just to reveal how bad it is out there and how badly the devil has deceived the whole world that even the elect and the elite would be deceived if it were possible. We know it's possible because we deal with it constantly. I've been attacked by leaders of Christianity constantly for 18 years of full-time ministry, and they're relentless and they never stop. They've led hundreds of thousands of people to attack Red Letter Ministries. Hundreds of thousands. And they haven't stopped. They've never repented. There's been no repentance. There's been no apology. And so, what does the Bible say? Your enemies will be the members of your own household. Right? Younger prodigal like me comes back from being a total degenerate in sin and crime and comes back to God and starts feasting in the feast table. Who's been my enemy ever since, guys? The older prodigal out there. Attacking, weeping, gnashing teeth with the goat that's not killed. Serving the devil in the Christian religion. Continuously attacking and opposing the younger one who's saved by grace. Now that's what you deal with constantly, and it's it's the majority of the remnant that deals with the situation that your enemies, I'm talking about enemies used by principalities, are the members of your own household. And we want to say it's just all Christianity out here. No, it's, it's mostly Satan. It's mostly the devil. That's why you, you, know, you really need to be discipled in something completely other than than what you're trained in uh, in American Christianity. American Christianity is an abomination. I'm not saying that to sound cool. It is the work, the main use of the devil to deceive America. Okay, It's the main use of the devil. The number one strategy is to take the pinnacle of what's available in the things of the kingdom and use it for fallen angels. So they have the realms of the promised land. They have the understanding of the inheritance of the birthright of those that are born again. They have all the angelic ability in the heavens. And we are stuck here down on earth, praying, praying, praying to an outside God for the things of God, which means it goes through all the fallen angels because we're not God inside-minded. Right here, if you're God inside-minded, you can skip that second heaven realm and go right into the third heaven. It's true. You have Christ, You have the Spirit of Christ in you, the Bible says. Out of your belly flows the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, as you get consistent in releasing His nature, He wants you to go up and be a conqueror and a champion in His armies and cleanse those second heavens so that all of civilization and creation is set free by the manifestation of the sons of God that they're longing for. 
And in order to do that, we need some people to understand everything that's going on down here. And you're going to look like the bad guy, like you're opposing everyone else and you're just some, doing something different. Listen, man, Joseph was set apart for his brethren and received a double portion. He had more than a double portion. He had the portion of all 12 tribes. He had, he had the fullness. He represents Jesus, the fullness of God in bodily form. You need to understand that. Why? Because without Joseph, there is no Israel. There's no Judah. There's no Reuben. There's no Dan. There's nothing. Okay? There's no inheritance. And the inheritance of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the heavens. All that is in the heavens and all the powers of the celestial realms, which is all angelic power. You need to understand, birds correspond to the heavens beasts correspond to the earth now the bible teaches that the fallen angels have two different classes even though they have all the angelic classes but they're categorized in two primarily in the bible the above angels and the below angels some that crawl on their belly some that fly that have literal wings so the higher ranking ones the bible says the principalities that we wrestle against are in heavenly places which means they're all in the second heavens you know that a lot of what you've dealt with thus far in your life has been wrestling in the lower earthly places in the valley of the shadow of death. Those are not the higher ranking devils. Those are called the beasts of the field. Those are beast demons. There's bird demons and beast demons. And that category is safe and healthy. So you understand the enemy above in the celestial world and the enemy below in the terrestrial world. Then you can have a healthy perspective of being a soldier of Jesus Christ and what you're actually facing. And since you're not perfect yet too, you're going to have to grow in grace, which will be your unconditional love towards sinners because you're one of the biggest sinners yourselves getting saved every day by learning all the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven through Jesus Christ. This is how you get really compassionate to those inheriting salvation and really horrible to those opposing it. I mean, Jesus was horrible to the ones who blocked the way. He threatened them with hell. He said, you're going to be destroyed. He, he brought them out into the light and exposed them as snakes, literal snakes, sons of snakes, whitewashed tunes, hip hypocrites, scribes, Pharisees. You do all this religious crap, and then you block the people trying to enter heaven. And so there is the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah through anything that opposes your inner man going home to dad. And he will terminate it. Bob Jones, one of his main messages in his prophetic career was, do not get in the way of Joel's army. You'll be ran over. They'll just terrorize you. They'll, they're like a locust army, which means there'll be nothing left of you. If you if you try to block the ones predestined for ordain, what happens, and I've watched about 22 of them so far that have tried to personally disciple me, they all go insane. They lose their minds. They get really mentally ill. The pride turns into madness like Nebuchadnezzar, oh, but, you know, we, I've been training up in my house. Belteshazzar, my little boy, my little baby Daniel, my young man, my little prince of my kingdom, and now he thinks he's better than me. He went insane because he capped Daniel. Anyone that tries to cap you when you're growing will lose their mind. You don't need to help them do it. They'll do it just by trying to cap the Christian nature in you that wants to rise home to dad. Okay? That's why you see so many go crazy. Why are they crazy? Because they made themselves crazy by disobeying the Holy Spirit. Anyone that disobeys the Holy Spirit gets into radical mental illness. You get into the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that's the spirit of a sound mind. 
You get into radical mental clarity. Now, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly out here. A lot of people are not as deep in the Holy Spirit that does them not enough good for their minds, so their their minds are full of cobwebs and confusion. thing is, if you get consistent in obedience to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, your mind will clear up. It might take you weeks and months. You might need to do some fasting to get those demons out of you, and get the sin out of you, and get your soul clear and clean so that Jesus Christ in you can see through you and you share His vision. Buy from me, I have, which means you have none of your own. You'll never see, you'll never be a seer. You'll be blind all the days of your life. Mm -hmm. You learn about Christianity, 100 million years, still be deaf and dumb and, mm -hmm. and blind. Unless you buy from Jesus, I have, which means he has all the vision. And he loves for people to buy I have. He wants you to see as well as he sees, but it's going to make you a servant of Jesus. It's going to force you to change your strongholds, your familiar opinions, your familiar spirits, and all of your human DNA that poses towards religious pride and animal lust and fornication and immorality and all the wickedness of the animal that the DNA is drawn to by the impulses of the flesh. The evil impulses are always provided a way out, the Bible says. Now you are constantly tempted in every way, just like Jesus was, and you are with sin, <laughs> which means you die daily, which means you get washed in the blood daily. It turns into a river of blood. It's not that you so much stopped sinning as that you started yielding and allowed him to flow through you. So Jesus is the only one without sin, and I labor amongst you tirelessly until you be fully formed in you, not just in his death and burial, but in his resurrection. Not just in his resurrection. How many of y'all know the resurrection is not enough? The ascension. Resurrection, then what? Ascension. So you keep progressing, and you still go back to the death and burial. I go back into the death and burial every day. It's not like you're too mature for that when you begin ascending. Oh man, you realize you need it more than ever. There are whole areas of you that are so cursed and dead, parts of the DNA that are so wormy that you could never understand a thing unless God possessed that particle, that element, that molecule, that atom, that cell in you, and put his own energy in you, which is growing in grace. So, God has filled the heavens with himself. Now, did he fill the heavens with judgment and the law of Moses? He filled the heavens with the fulfillment of the law of Moses of grace. This is why sinners are having a good time, if you haven't noticed. This is why they got billions of dollars. This is why you got Mike Tyson on Facebook saying, Well, I never thought with $10 million I'd be able to buy anything I ever wanted. What in the world is Snoop Doggy Dog doing? Hey. What in the world? You have all these pretty much criminals, all these wicked, reprobate sinners enjoying themselves in the earth, while the believers are struggling. There's something, something wrong? Have you noticed that? That's how it is out here? Why do the ones who believe in Jesus struggle, and the ones that have rejected Jesus, and there's millions of them, millions of millionaires. You have millions of millionaires that have completely rejected Jesus, that want nothing to do with God, that mock everything of God, that, but how do they have such amazing, highest quality of lives on earth? Isn't the earth the Lord's, the fullness thereof? We quote that verse, and then they have the whole earth. I tell you the truth. Until we get into the ascension of Jesus, we don't share in the rewards. We share in the sufferings. We share in the crucifixions. 
we share in the burial. What we haven't shared in is the celestial inheritance, which is becoming sharers in his ascension. When we begin to share in his ascension, then there becomes angels. Now there are angel armies waiting for you to be joined to the ascension of Jesus Christ. He who descended is also him who ascended to the highest heights of heaven. It is written, which means if you're married to Jesus and the bride of Christ, you're ascending. When you ascend, you confront the things that have your birthright. As you ascend, you go into the promised land. You go into the second heavens, which means there's going to be foundations in you that can deal with it, and you don't do it alone. You'll do it with the company. You're going to do it with the tribe of Judah. Judah leads in the book of Revelation. You do it with the most mature Christians. You're going to do it with the ones with most Christ-like nature formed in them through crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension, which means Jesus is always pumping us full of himself, not just in spirit, but in soul, here in the heart, the four chambers of your heart, and in flesh, in your blood. You better have them in your blood, in the flesh. Oh, hallelujah. Otherwise, they will kill you. Principalities, if you don't have Jesus in your blood, will strike you down. If you have some kind of human blood and you think you're getting an inheritance up there from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they will have a heyday with you. The chances of cancer, the chances of sickness and accidents, diseases and destructions, if you're serious about going into the heavens, listen, they've already tried to strike me like 10,000 times. The only thing that has kept me safe and secure is Jesus. I don't have anything else. I don't have a right to the second heavens. I'm not a child of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm a child of sin. But Jesus saves sinners and makes us partakers with his inheritance, which is why the devil's so pissed off at us. You understand that? That God has given us the highest things to the most undeserving people. And the devil thinks that he got ripped off. The devil thinks he's more righteous than the Gentiles. The devil thinks he's more righteous than the Jews, because they're all backslidden too. The devil thinks he's more righteous than all civilization. So, he thinks he has the right to the inheritance of the heavens, which rules the world, which rules the earth. And in many ways, you look at that with the carnal mind, you say, yes, that's accurate, that's true. He should rule over us. Right? I mean, that would be the logical, reasonable thing if you understand the situation. Except there's this factor here called Messiah. It all comes down to Messiah. Messiah terminated his right to have an inheritance over sinners. And I'm telling you, he so terminated it and destroyed it that we get the inheritance of what the devil's had for 6,000 years, the rulership over the world, so severely that we get put over the sinners and not even them anymore. Now that really drives them crazy. But the truth is when you cover like Jesus in the heavens, this is the bride of Christ, the main attribute that makes you the mature bride of Christ, Deborah chapter 5, is that you war with the stars, which means you become the celestial covering of the seven stars. Now everything on earth that has light that animates by biology is animated by you in that place. Have I not said you are gods? Well, when you're in that place, you really are gods. And if you read Psalms, it says, yad heh vav is God of gods, Elohims. So, an Elohim is someone who's a partaker of salvation. You can use any term you want, but it's really written in the word. yad heh is God of gods. 
So this godship and the godliness, and it will be also, you will get the, the meta, uh, how do you say it? Metatron? The name? The Metatron? I mean, not Metatron, the, the name. Oh, Tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton. Oh, man. Why? I'm too whack for that right now. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Jesus. The Tetragrammaton. I, I can do it, but it's... it's Oh. Mm. Well, we are still on our 30-day Toking Shabba. the Ghost challenge, if you'd like to catch up with the Apostle here. And there's Toking. Listen, you get a name change now, and I, I can see this right before your eyes. I'm going to write my name on your forehead, which means every degree of glory that you ascend, being a co-share in the resurrection, a co-share in the ascension of Jesus Christ, there's a name change in you. And he's going to write these names not just on your part, I tell you the truth. It'll be in your hands, your arms, your shoulders. It'll be uh, your whole body have names on it. And this is written in Song of Solomon. Amen. Those names are head to toes written. There's scribe angels here wanting you to ascend to have your name, your nature changed. Which means it'll be a spiritual body, a soul body, and a flesh body. All of them will have names. And they'll all correspond and they'll all eventually be one just like the heavens will be one but right now that's not true that's not reality right now you're gaining names through being joined to jesus so his spirit now is here in the actions that he performed okay what is the holy spirit he will glorify me what is the glorification of jesus christ according to the bible the holy spirit will manifest in the Spirit. It's invisible, so it requires faith. And so through faith you're saved. Why? Because the Spirit manifests the actions of Messiah. And Messiah is king. He's already king. He's crowned king. Okay, Messiah cannot be more king than he already is. The issue is you. You're the only issue. Now. Are you going to join him? This time is the time to see who will be joined in Messiah's kingdom, the Messianic kingdom that will rule the world, the kingdoms of this world mm -hmm. have become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, which means this, these times, these decades, these years, these millennia, it's been 2000 years since Messiah ascended. All this time is to see who's going to be in the Messianic kingdom and what you're going to do in it, where you're going to be in it. And I tell you, it's all good. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in this house, you know, than the a throne room attendee, <clears throat> Psalm says, which means you don't have a bad job here. Don't worry about that. The issue is discovering the kingdom, being joined to Messiah, and become partakers in his actions that are here. So the Holy Spirit's here right now in all of the works of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit's here right now in the crucifixion of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. The Holy Spirit's here right now in the teachings of the Torah of Messiah. So that anything that Jesus of Nazareth is, is tapped into when you get into the Holy Ghost. So that's why it says, I will fill your mouth, do not prepare ahead of time. Why? Because you're in the manifest actions of Jesus Christ when you're in faith. Don't prepare ahead of time. What's the preparation ahead of time? Is to be in the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit will manifest anything of the divine nature that's needed. It is written. So make best friends of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's Jesus. The Holy Spirit is all the manifestations of the life of Jesus Christ, who is already crowned King Messiah. So how we get upgraded in every area right now is how we deal with the Holy Ghost. Okay? 
They would say, oh, what about my Jesus out there in outer space? And I lift my hands. Man, you're lost. You're lost. You might as well be a Buddhist. You need to get a relationship with the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus here by the Holy Ghost, and start participating in the works that he has commanded you to do, which is manifesting his works. It'll be his works. You're not doing anything on your own. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You're doing the manifest works of Jesus. You're the temples of the Holy Spirit. Okay. As you begin to do it, you begin to change. Why? Into the image of Jesus? Because your DNA is being used for different actions. Because all men shall be judged according to their works and their bodies. Well, that's a good thing if the judgment for the believer is rewards. It means that's how you get gemstones and treasury houses and, and lands and fields and houses and, and all these upgrades and positions of power and rank in the kingdom that are beyond knowing. Names that even angels fear and tremble. When God can give you names, that the angels begin to fear and tremble because the name when God gives it, it's living, active, and energy. And since they're spirits, he makes angels, winds, ministering spirits sent to help those that inherit salvation. Those spirits react to energies. And everything's made out of energy. Good energy, bad energy. Some of it's corrupted energy. Some of it, you know, you get around nuclear energy and you get tumors growing out of your arms and mutilated and turn into a frog boy. Because bad energy there. Any substance. Now, we learned this in university. university, Any substance that you could bring in of any kind, there are devices that you can use. You hold them up, and it breaks it apart into the spectrum. So you can literally, for any substance on Earth, you can inspect it with just any... Even older, not even the most modern tools, but even just older, probably since the 80s and 90s, tools, instruments, you can measure. So what we found is that every physical substance has a wavelength. And the measure of those waves, right? You remember, if you learned this in class, maybe in high school, middle school, when you measure the waves, how far apart they are, how high they go, there's an energy specifically associated with that wave or that wave pattern. It's measurable. It's specific. It's that element has its own, let's say, wavelength, and then you can see it has a color. It breaks apart into that spectrum, so you can see the spectrum of that physical substance, what it's made out of. Energy, wavelength, color. So where there's wavelength, there's also, there's frequency. You have all these things of energy and light and matter in the substance of anything. And anything including you, your body, what you are made out of. If it were possible to hold up an instrument now with specific specific elements individually, it's easier to separate them in a little a little dish and hold it, you know, get an instrument and measure. But if it was possible to measure your entire body in that way, all at once, if that instrument existed, you would see that you have a unique wavelength, energy, frequency, and color as in terms of spectrum of light, both visible and invisible. Now, what is your body? It's a container. And what fills that container? Your soul. Well, the soul is fluid in terms of 
water. How so? Whatever shape your container is in, the soul tends to take that shape and that form of the container that it lives in. That's why what you do and how you live in that body affects your soul. Not just in the shape, the way it looks. People's invisible bodies tend to resemble their outer man. That's true. But what tendencies, in addition to that, are is the soul learning and picking up from the body? If you remember from the fine line between the soul and spirit by Gwen Shaw that we took a, a look at this last year, last year or two, your body affects your soul. Your soul affects your body. The soul affects the spirit. If there's something wrong in your soul, if it's unchecked, it will affect negatively your spirit. Now your spirit, ideally, you want that to have influence on the soul. When the spirit influences the soul and not the, you know, the soul, the spirit. When the spirit takes dominion over the soul, that heals the body. That's that ever-increasing healing that starts from the inside out. But even more important than any of that is your spirit subject to the Holy Spirit. Seven spirits of God, the spirit of Jesus Christ, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. His dominion over your spirit, your spirit's submission to his dominion, someone other than yourself, not even your own spirit, but subservient, submissive to him, that is what separates us from the occult, even the Christian occult. What is that occult? What is that obscurity? What is that darkness? Simply this. The stealing of the Ark, or you could say the Shekinah, the presence of God. And the using it for self, whether spirit, soul, or body, or all of the above, apart from God, who is the man of sapphire stones, in whose image we were made. Whose divine DNA is the blueprint for all things, whose glory fills and upholds all things in this world and in the world to come. So when they, those Philistines stole the ark, or when those glory stream charismatics stole the Shekinah presence, the same thing was happening. What is the Shekinah? It's the presence of God. That, my friends, is why you'll see them obsess. Oh, we just want the presence of God. All the songs, all the incantations. We just want to feel the presence. We just want to have the presence. We just want to have the blessings and the presence that comes with the blessings. I mean, look at the house of Obed-Edom. He was blessed. When the ark was there in, in Jerusalem and things were done right, it's blessed. So what is the idolatry? Why is there not much healing and deep lasting healing from the spirit inside out in the church? Why is it when they bind it, bind it and loose it, bind it and loose it on the earth, it's not happening on the heavens? 
And it's not happening in the heavens, it's not permanent on the earth. Stolen Shekinah glory, it's the Ark of the Presence of God. They want the Shekinah, Sapphire, Stone, apart from the rest of who God is. His name. If you abide in me, my name, my word abides in you. Ask anything and it'll be given to you. It's the fullness of his name working in you. His word, his name. And the throne of grace within you. No more stolen glory. So let it be cut out of the spirit, out of the soul, and out of the flesh. That desire for feeling the presence of God, having the Shekinah, the glory, the presence, without submitting to the way, the highway of holiness, the sapphire stone path that cuts the second heavens, all the way up to the third heavens, and the high heavens, and the throne of God. <laughs> I'll tell you, the most astonishing thing I've ever discovered in Jesus Christ so far was this weekend, and how there's so much of the perfected uh, works of grace of Jesus, the Torah, the fulfillment of the law of Moses, and you know, flooding those promised land realms of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as the, the star inheritance with the grace of Jesus, the celestial grace. This is why it says in Revelation that the gospel is not really full until an angel preaches it from midair. Okay, that's what the Bible says. So, this represents us coming up into the celestial realm being filled with all the celestial grace that's already there. The promised land is already there. It's filled with giants and devils and warlocks and sorcerers and the most wicked people of all time. Even little Bill Gates is up there. Oh, man. <laughs> little weasel. And so, but then just expunging them. Go in there and what does the Bible say? The Bible says, ethnically cleanse. Man, women, and children. You can keep their goats and sheep though not well mm -hmm. and you can have all their gold and silver though and you get to keep all their produce drinking from vineyards you didn't plant that's what's written in the bible houses houses you'll dwell in you mansions didn't build. you can have all some of the cities they're destroyed uh some of them just looted everything anyway what it represents is looting and pillaging our inheritance in the second heavens this has not happened yet this is what we're predestined for ordained to do. This is Joel's army. What is Joel's army? A people predestined for ordained from the book of Joel in the Bible to take and conquer the second heavens. So, the greatest mystery I've yet to discover in Christ is how the second heavens are already filled with the Torah of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, and the grace of Jesus, and it's all being used by those that are in those places that are oppressing the human race and, and stealing from it. Like, the promised land was filled with a seven nations of Canaan that were wicked, that were enjoying a place set apart for God's people that had the best food, the best air, the best light, and it was like a perfected realm. Now, we're going to take this realm. This is the meaning of our life, and the purpose of your existence is to take these places. 
Understand these places are already filled with the grace of Jesus. The Spirit of grace, the Bible says, has already filled the heavens. It's not going to get more filled. You're simply going to rise as you understand the ascension, the sapphire stones going from all the steps of Metatron's spheres going onto the moon and making the, the, the celestial stairway real to you. That has to be a foundation in all of you. If getting on the moon is something that you still rejected, you're doomed. I mean, you have you will die in the wilderness, guaranteed. You have no faith for the inheritance in the heavens, the new heavens, the celestial inheritance. You, you'll never have it. So you need to establish in yourself, this is the way. This is the truth. This is the resurrection life. This is the ascension life. It is true that these realms exist, that men and women can not just have their spirit in those places, but their whole soul on the moon and on Mercury and on Venus and on the sun and in the sun. And there are many aspects of these planetary spheres of angelic planetary spheres, many, many abilities. And we're just touching the surface. The issue is <clears throat> if you're not rising up into them, you're wasting your life on something down in the valley of death and the devil is over your head and you're delusional. I don't care if you think you're successful in business or in family or in your morning devotionals. You're lost, people. You're totally, completely lost and you're not with what God is doing today. God is going to make the heavens new and the restoration of all things. The most important thing to restore is the heavens back to Israel. Heavens back to the integrity and the righteousness and the uprightness of men and women who are in Jesus, who are literal brothers through the Spirit to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who are literal family of Abraham in the heavenlies, and not wicked, they're not sinners, they only live to do God's will. And the thing is, you got millions of people down here that want to do God's will. God's will is in the heavens. God's will is angelic. His word is angelic. It's not human. His will is not human. His will is not human works. His will is not human gospels, human words. His will is in the heavens. He's written it upon his stars. That's what the Bible says. He's written his names upon stars. And there's seven stars. Amen. Inside seven, it's all God because seven's the number of the Father. So it's really billions, but it's only seven. You need to understand it's simple. But it's dynamic and ultra complex, but it's simple. The reason why he makes it simple is because he wants everyone to enter the door. And then when you come in the door, the divine nature is imparted into you through the doorway, Enoch's doorway, and then the light in there will intensify the angelic intelligence. Doesn't mean you'll be able to communicate it right away, and doesn't mean you always look smarter. Oftentimes you look more like a fool, because now you're just completely insane for Jesus in a good way. Like you get in his mind and you've lost your human mind. So there's a good losing of your mind and a gaining of his mind. As you rise, you will obtain more and more visibility in these realms. So see the realms within you. Know the way is within you. The internal resurrection, Philippians 3.11. You can do it. You're called to it. You're created to do this. It's not too hard for you. It's not too mystical. It's not too spiritual. You're already a spirit being. You're already a spirit. You understand that? You're, there's a spirit in you when you're born of, of mom. When you're born in the flesh, you already have a spirit in you. It's the spirit of a human being. So you're already fully spirit. The issue is you need to reprogram it with an angelic gospel. Here is 
the moral of the story. The finished product will be a fully angelic second heavens celestial Torah of grace that will reprogram the human race. So all of these promises don't come to pass. You notice you have 100,000 people quoting this Bible left and right and they're still in the dirt. Still have all the same problems as the wicked. There's like no, there's no benefit. It's like you same crap with sinners as unbelievers because you're both in the same elevation and dimension. So the Bible it's not working there because of men's tradition or because of men's elevation. Because you're practicing a human being. Now you need to practice a an ascended being because Jesus Christ ascended. Okay? Ephesians 4 verse 9. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had previously descended from the heights of heaven into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the very same as he who also has ascended high above all the heavens that he his presence might fill all things, that is, the whole universe. And his gifts to the church were varied. He himself appointed some as apostles. Notice the fivefold and the works of the fivefold come right after ascension. So the true fivefold is only helping you rise over the universe through the universe. Okay, that's Ephesians 4. It's exactly what it says here. He, so the ascension, the purpose of fivefold is to help believers ascend because it's angelic, therefore it's foreign to your human nature. So you're going to need to be taught a lot. Because it, the, the teachings of the fivefold reprogram the mind to make the impossible normal, which is simply what is impossible for an animal stuck in the, the first heavens on earth here becomes normal angelic living in the second heavens. And that realm just is normal to you. And you get that upgrade through a teaching, through a word that's the Torah of grace, the word of grace. That can only come from a people that is in the second heavens. Okay? Midair. The Bible uses the word midair, which is mid-heavens. The middle of the heavens. That's exactly what's written. So until you have that middle heavens teaching from the angelic this word is not going to work in you like you think you like you know it is like you believe for so now the change and the transition is going to be this word working in you no more heart growing sick and weary and, and deferred from all kinds of disappointments in life it's going to be this word is working because i'm attached to the angelic Torah of celestial grace, where Jesus Christ has filled the heavens already. Now, if people are there using those stones, sapphire stones, what did Moses use sapphire stones for? If you read the Bible, it tells you he used them to deliver Torah. He went into the heavens to bring the word of God down into the earth. Why are you ascending into the heavens? To feel good? Well, that's part of it. You will feel good. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. But so that you can recreate the heavens and the earth through Torah. What's what's Torah? Bible. Bible is Torah, which is the Word of God. Jesus Christ, what's written on his thigh? The Word of God? No. Torah. Mm -hmm. You think English is written on his thigh? No, there's no English until recent times. It's an ancient book. It doesn't have Word of God written on his thigh. It has Torah written on his thigh in Hebrew. Truth anyhow, which is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What's to Whose Torah is King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Messiah King. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. Now we're going to learn it. Now we're going to receive it. Now we're going to recalculate and heal our minds to hear it without sin in the soul, without sin in the eyes. Going to go right inside the soul. And what's inside the soul? Right inside the spirit. And it's going to completely lift you up. You've heard of 12 pearls and the foundation stones are the names of the 12 tribes. I tell you the truth. We will bring forth 12 mountains of celestial Torah of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the enemy will be just totally obliterated. But it's going to come forth through your spirit, your soul, your mind, your body, and elevations into new unknown territory through a higher teaching. Doesn't mean it's going to make you more intelligent. It's going to make you more angelic, which is true intelligence. But to the animal and to the accursed, it'll often seem stupid. So you will be persecuted by lost people. And that's going to test you. But you're going to see the value of what you're learning and value it more than being accepted by sinners. <laughs> Jesus was tortured and tormented by sinners. If you read Hebrews 11, that's the one thing in common amongst every single one of them. They were tortured by sinners. Why? Because they didn't settle for a human inheritance. Going after the divine will cost you human beings. It will cost you the numbers of human beings that are not interested in becoming living beings inside the heavenly Jerusalem, inside the 12 mountains of the Torah of Jesus Christ, inside the kingdom, the kingdom. I tell you what, I can see it right now. The 12 mountains of the Garden of Eden of God the Father's heart. That's what those 12 are. And He wants you to live for the divine more and for the human less and be changed constantly progressively into his image. I'm going to close with this one thing here. He wants you to change. And what is the changing? The correct response to Torah. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll do it in the Amplified. All the stuff about Moses, that's really good too. <laughs> for the ministry that brings condemnation the old covenant the law had glory how much more does glory overflow Shekinah in the ministry that brings righteousness cosmic occupation righteousness the new covenant which declares believers free of guilt so I mean seriously Paul if you understand the depth of this it's a lot deeper than you think. He's literally saying Old Testament was earthly. New Testament is heavenly. So what happens if you read the New Testament earthly? You don't get it. You just get into occult Christianity. And that's what's wrong with so many. How much more does glory overflow in the ministry that brings righteousness, the new covenant? which declares believers free of guilt and sets them apart for God's special purpose. Indeed, what had glory, the law, in this case no longer has glory, because of the glory that surpasses it, the gospel. Now, I, I see this from a cosmic perspective as Moses' Torah got the ultimate upgrade. It was infused with creator 
Yare Vave is blood and spirit and water to the death on Calvary. So it's the fulfillment of Moses' the Torah. That is the Torah of Jesus? No. The Torah of Moses and Jesus, Revelation 15. Both. That's what the Bible says. It's both. It's the Torah of Moses and the Lamb. That's what the New Covenant is. The New Testament is the Torah of Moses, because it's not done away with law. It's like if you commit adultery with your thought life, now you commit adultery. So it's clearly the law is still there. What's totally different is Jesus infusing Torah with that celestial realm, with the heavens. Okay? So it's the Torah of Moses and the Lamb, which is our cosmic inheritance. And it's through the understanding of the Torah of Moses and the Lamb that you will ascend into the heights through the word of Moses and the Lamb, which is the written word, the the terrestrial word, the, the lower earthly world, word flooded with the God of heaven. Not to keep you out, to raise you up. So with understanding of the real fulfilled new covenant Torah will always come resurrection. The issue is, and we've had, we've seen a lot of that. A lot of you have been raised in elevations tremendously since you first believed in Jesus. A lot of you have been raised into heights you didn't even think was available even 5, 10, 15 years ago. You're in a much better apartment. You're in a much, much better workplace. You're around healthier people that are not smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol. You're around winners and not sinners. I mean, you have an elevation change around winners. And if you don't, you need to repent and get set apart. You must be set apart from sinners. It's a requirement. You must be set apart from sin and sinners. And once you're sanctified like Moses, then you can go back and save some people. But a lot of them will still hate your guts. That's what the Bible teaches. Okay? Indeed, what had glory the law in this case no longer has glory because the glory that surpasses it, the gospel. For if that law which fades away came with glory, how much more must that gospel which remains and is permanent abide in glory and splendor? So it's an abiding glory and splendor. But how can it be? Since Christians are the lowest class in Southern America. How can all of the glory of Israel abide and remain? Because like I just told you, it's not on the earth, it's in the heavens, and all those churches reject ascension, and even the charismatic speaking in tongues, most of them. Okay? It's all about obtaining that celestial Torah of grace. And you need, you need to understand the stones. You need to understand there is a teaching of this generation that will encompass all of the righteous men made perfect. Righteous men made perfect ministries. Okay, So there will be an explanation at a very easy level to digest of Enoch. And all, you know, Elijah and, and Jesus especially. Because we think we know Jesus. We don't. Jesus is smarter than all of them combined. He's God. There is a complexity, a wisdom that is set apart for those who rise, that is intelligence beyond anything you could ever imagine, power beyond anything you can imagine, love and peace and joy and prosperity and health 
healing, light, beyond anything you can ever imagine. And I need you to understand that it's all wrapped up in a elevation, in a dimension that's available to you. The veil's been torn for you to go into the heavens and stay there. Don't come out of there, okay? What comes out of there when you go up is like Moses, the Word. So, you go up, the Word goes down. That's how you progressively live by the fruit of your lips instead of the sweat of your brow. You'll live by the sweat of your brow. If you don't work, you don't eat. So, until you're high enough that your words can create universes. That there's so much substance of the Torah of Moses and the Lamb that your words are creative. We see that in, in businesses today, that the higher-ups, they all have offices, and what do they do in their high offices? They only do one thing, release words. So all creation is patterned on God, but they're all fallen, separated, and living instead of th those abilities for God, for self. So that's the only difference. But the wisdom's there in every aspect of our society already. The issue is to get the upgrades that most of you want, and you're not content with your current level, it's going to be a total change in vocabulary, how you speak, how you think, the thoughts and intentions of the heart get totally changed, how you act, how you carry yourself, and so you be completely discipled to a completely different creature, bearing a different image with a different name with different mannerisms, different thought patterns, different abilities. You have to be willing to change in everything, every degree of rising. This is why most don't rise. They're not willing to change. They're, they've come to a place where they've made themselves judge. And they've judged themselves perfect, which means I don't need to change it. When you judge yourself perfect, you are saying to God, this is my eternal inheritance at this level. This manifestation is all I want from Jesus Christ forever. And he lets him have that. See, but it's not high enough to disciple and transfigure civilization. These higher heights are the most guarded heights. So a people that is not content with anything below that's been called good or perfect or acceptable, that knows the standard of sons of God perfection, which is a completely and totally different standard than anything you've ever had in Christianity before. It's the standard of Enoch as Metatron today. It's a standard of being in the heavenly council of God the Father over all the angels. Isn't he just a man? No, he has all the names of the Father inscribed on him in his spirit, in his soul, and in his flesh. He is not just a man. He is like Yad-Heh-Vav-Heh -Heh himself. The angels were confused when they saw Metatron transfigure. For some said, there is another God in heaven now. They said that. And they had to reteach all the angels because it... It wasn't another Yahweh in heaven. It was just a forerunner's son in his full inheritance. Okay? And that's exactly what God has in store for many of you if you keep learning and you keep rising. Amen.
Metatron Company. And that's exactly what this is. Metatron Company. A company that understands God's plan right now and has a grasp, at least the diet that is required, some of the belief systems that are foundational. Has um, you know, you're, you're in the Metatron school, okay? You're in the Transfigured Sons of God school. So it's a, it's a different school. They don't teach you this in Sunday school. They don't teach you this in church. There's no church in the world that teaches this. It's true. This stuff is what gets you into the church of the firstborn in heaven, ruling over the earth. So the earth is your footstool. I don't go to the footstool to church, right? The Bible says I don't go to footstool church. I go to heaven. Amen. And we can say that and be like, oh, but you need to have... Listen, you're lost. We're going into heaven and we're establishing Metatron Company as normal leadership of the body because it doesn't exist. That's why it's so controversial and so persecuted by demons, often to the ignorance of the religious Christians. But it needs to be done and it's God's will. And we have all the backup of heaven and we'll do it even if only four people are with us. We'll do it if it's even just two. Yeah. But we want a company. It'd be really, really awesome to have people learning the standard of what God the Father calls standard as normal Christianity. Right now, you don't have anything even close to that. It's not even close. Right now, you have so much religion poisoning you, you can hardly even hear about the standard that God the Father has for His sons down here. It's, you know... You can hardly get 40 people to even listen to it because their standard is so low and the deception in their brain is so insanely high. So what's going to happen is judgment. No one has ever gone into the heavens and not brought judgment. This judgment will be for those who block the way with their belief systems in their brains, keeping all their churches out of ascension, keeping all of their churches out of learning Metatron and Enoch and the higher ways. They'll call it sorcery and witchcraft. The reason why you call it sorcery and witchcraft is because you're under the sorcery and witchcraft spell already. You're already gone. You're already an occultist in the sorcery of false Christianity. And that's true with like most of them. It's not just some here and there. It's most. If your Christianity is earthly and you haven't ascended into heaven to establish the angel of midair, Revelation Christianity, you're already an occultist. And your Christianity is sorcery and witchcraft. It's actually mostly just being a good dog. You're being a good boy and a good girl. Right? Truth anyhow. We're going to bring you out of being good dogs into being sons of God ruling as angels. And that is a totally different belief system, a totally different system of teaching. And that's what it's going to take to turn this world back right side up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're part of our warring company locally here, when shadows like that fly through and swoop down through the atmosphere, you don't have to let them just fly around like that or wait for one of us to whack them. But you can just attack them as you see them. You have a sword, you have a shield. It's a great way to participate when they swoop down like that. And if you're not aware of them when they happen, uh, I would say let's just let's get our eyes open. Eyes and ears, swords, working. 
Because when we come to this place, yes, it's a time to enjoy the presence of God, but what is it that separates us from the occult Christians who only come for the self-pleasure, I want to feel good in the glory? If you're only interested in the pleasures at his right hand, you'll go into the sin of Solomon, and whose time they didn't value silver, which is said. What that does is tip the scales of the cosmos to that of severe judgment, and it allows the enemy a greater reign on the earth. So, what does that mean? When it comes to your personal time, this is what the Lord said, if it is uncomfortable watching the Bible, listening, or reading the Bible, and you won't read it until it feels good to you, or you want to wait until that time where you can feel a glory or an ecstasy or the presence of God. If you do feel all that, that's great. That's wonderful. That's a blessing from the Lord. Receive it with thanksgiving. But if you're not reading it because you're thinking something's wrong, it doesn't feel good as it's cutting away the sin nature. That's simply evidence that you do not love God, but you love the pleasures that you get from God. What do you love more? Doing what God has asked you to do? Or are you simply just wanting to have a good time? Feel the rush. Feel the substance of that river of life and his glory and the drunkenness, the clusters of the vine of the tree from which your mother and father ate and learned great wisdom. Who sinned in separating that from the Godhead the presence of God separating that drunken glory from obedience to God understand what sin you're at war with in your nature in your own members and if you understand that's the sinful nature you can go and do the will of God whether it feels good or not and when you tell God sincerely that you would rather eat his word eat his flesh and drink his blood while it's crucifying your flesh and it doesn't feel good but you'd still rather accomplish his will in doing it than chase after something that feels good for your flesh for your soul and even for your spirit that sacrifice is rewarded in heaven above and below and you prove yourself a faithful servant, not one who's just clinging to the pleasures, what I can feel for myself, just all the nice things from God, but I'm willing to obey. And my enjoyment from knowing that I'm doing God's will is greater, what did David say? Greater than wine and grain of the harvest time. Better than the harvest. Better than the wine. Better than the grain. Better than the bread. Better better than the revelations of the celestial realms. Better than the intoxication of the drunken glory is the satisfaction of a man or a woman after his own heart. And that's on the table for you today. Amen. I'm going to finish the 2 Corinthians 3, then we'll take up an offering, and we'll call it a night in glory delight.
2 Corinthians 3.12 Since we have such a glorious hope and confident expectation, we speak with great courage. And we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites would not gaze at the end of the glory that was fading. But in fact, their minds were hardened, for they had lost the ability to understand. For until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because it is removed only in Jesus Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil of blindness lies over their heart, But whenever a person turns in repentance and faith to the Lord Jesus Christ, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, and true freedom. And we all with unveiled face continually, seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transfigured into His image from one degree of glory to even more degrees of glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Give an offering to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let Him be the head of your house. Let those who have not yet learned the revelation and the blessing of tithing, let them get an angel of revelation and wisdom and understanding to reveal to them why it is right and God's will to financially sacrifice to Red Letter Ministries. Hear it directly from heaven. Clearly most people don't have faith from hearing it from me or Rebecca. Over half of them don't have faith that giving is important to God. And this is something where it's just disobedience all over the place and self-justification. What it's going to take is a dramatic angelic encounter, an angelic revelation. I pray that for all of you that don't know the joy of giving and the obedience and tithing and offerings and sacrificial offerings of the new covenant sacrificial thing of offering your finances consistently to the Lord for the dominion over your natural realm and the progress of your natural realm up into higher glory realms. It is written in the word. Let it be enforced by angels everywhere upon all believers in Jesus Christ for the works of the apostles in the cosmic realms ruling over the earth and to please God the Father in every way, and to bring great glory into a celestial gospel of Jesus Christ that is practically unknown in the earth today. And a lot of that is because of financial disobedience, financing the wrong ministers and the wrong ministries, and persecuting, hating, neglecting, gossiping, slandering the right ones. So let there be angelic repentance, and even destroy your angels upon all the works of the devil that's killing, stealing, and destroying from Red Letter Ministries. Let that stuff be anathema. And let there be tremendous breakthrough of everyone in this tribe who is leading the way for all the body of Christ in the world through Jesus Christ's commandments. Amen.